Welcome to Lifelong Learning on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Today we're talking about the process of learning for healthcare professionals and how it may be undergoing change. We know that continuous professional development is a lifelong endeavor that extends well beyond medical school. And as our knowledge of system improvement increases, we're starting to see some changes in the learning environment. Healthcare professionals might be facing new reasons to engage in quality improvement education. And that's the focus of this segment of Lifelong Learning. I'm your host, Alicia Sutton, and with me today is Dr. Jack Keyes, Associate Dean for Continuous Professional Development and Professor Emeritus of Family and Community Medicine at the University of Cincinnati. He's an expert in quality improvement and quality assurance. And Jack, thank you. We are glad you could join us. Happy to be here. You know, the first thing we should do is maybe give our listeners, give our audience an understanding of what quality improvement education or QI education is. Given your background in this, can you kind of give us a big picture of that? Certainly. Quality has become sort of the watchword of uh, not only continuing education, but also healthcare in general. Uh, quality improvement has uh, evolved as sort of a, a, a science or a discipline in and of itself. Uh, there are a number of different uh, strategies that are out there, and a lot of institutions have used this as the underpinning of how they drive change in their institutions. But most healthcare providers have uh, relatively little exposure to this in their formal training. And for that matter, a lot of adult educators and and others who have been in the uh, continuing medical education world for most of their career uh, also have found this to be uh, a new area. So there is uh, quite a need uh, to familiarize not only the providers but also the educators about how this works and how it integrates uh, into the education world that they're familiar with. So quality uh, improvement in general has uh, typically focused on the outcome and looking at uh, metrics, quality metrics or practice standards and uh, examining where practice or practitioners are relative to those goals or standards and then using a very discrete or very specific process of identifying uh, mechanisms to move from uh, where practitioners and where practice is currently to where they would like it to be, and going through these uh, iterative uh, improvements. Most, most of QI focuses on a series of smaller improvements rather than a single improvement uh, and providing uh, practices and practitioners feedback to slowly move closer and closer to these desired outcomes or desired practice metrics. So uh, that's sort of the short version of what quality improvement is. Uh, quality improvement education then is actually a combination of things. One is uh, understanding how that works, and and two, and perhaps more importantly, for those who whose careers have been in continuing education, uh, it's the role of education 
in the quality improvement process. Uh, it's excellent. Thank you for that good perspective on it. It sounds like QI is, it means different things to different people. It could mean more of a research role, more of an education role, certainly collaboration role. How do you think that our listeners, you know, the healthcare professionals are not only learners, but they're educators themselves. Some of them train within their own organizations, institutions. What are some ways they might go about thinking about QI measurements if they aren't associated with their quality improvement centers? You know, if they're not closely aligned with a CME department, perhaps they want to do something on a smaller scale in a medical practice. Are there some keys you can give them about how they could include quality improvement perspectives in their education? Uh, Certainly. Uh, There are a couple of underlying features of quality that I think could be applied without going through a lot of the formal processes that we see in organizations. I think the the first underlying premise of quality improvement is to understand your practice. Uh, And typically that means uh, having access to data about how you are practicing currently. Uh, And as we see practices and practitioners moving more and more toward electronic health records, that is um, somewhat easier to do than it used to be when we were talking about paper charts. So having access to data and being able to regularly provide yourself and your practice with information about who you're seeing, who the patients are, what their conditions are, and how they are being cared for is probably the most important foundational part of quality improvement. The second piece of that, I think that a lot of practitioners, uh, particularly physicians who have been in practice for some time, the thing that quality improvement embraces is a systems level or a practice level change rather than requiring a single practitioner, notably the physician, to be responsible for the change all by themselves. So this really is a team effort. And I would say those are the two things uh, that if practitioners can embrace those, they will be able to make iterative changes in their practice to improve care. Right. So we see some, the individual performance improvement, the obvious collective system improvement. Is there a role for the patient in the evolving quality improvement direction? Uh, Certainly the focus of quality improvement is to uh, improve the care of patients ultimately. And I think we're seeing nationally a recognition uh, of the role of patients, not just as the passive recipient of care, but as an important variable, an important component of care where they actually have the opportunity to drive a number of these uh, improvements. Uh, On the research side of this, we have seen the emergence of uh, PCOR or patient-centered outcomes research, which is founded on the idea that research, and particularly quality improvement types of research, uh, need to embrace the perspective of the patient. In, In other words, what is the patient's orientation or issues around their care? 
uh, and to include that early on in the development of, of changes and in the uh, development of research questions, if we're talking about research. Um, patients really see healthcare uh, very differently than uh, most practitioners. Uh, they spend most of their lives really not interacting with healthcare professionals but taking care of themselves and maintaining their own health. So their perspective on this is really critical to help practitioners make changes that patients will be able to embrace and ultimately improve care. That's terrific perspective there. So if you're just joining us, you're listening to the Lifelong Learning Series on ReachMD, produced in cooperation with the Alliance for Continuing Education in the Health Professions. And with me today is Dr. Jack Keyes. And Jack, give us a picture maybe down the road. When you look out, say, five years, do you see a big difference in the way education will be constructed or delivered as it relates to QI? Well, I think we're seeing that uh, beginning to emerge already. If you think of where continuing medical education has come from, uh, and uh, continuing education has always been a part of medicine and healthcare delivery in general. The evolution, I think, of education has been paralleling some of the, the important changes we've seen in healthcare itself. So the, the shift in both the reimbursement model and the uh, emphasis on quality outcomes has really forced education to evolve uh, as well as, as health care delivery. So I think on the education side, we're seeing the evolution uh, evolving to not just having lectures or other educational events that uh, increase the knowledge and skills of practitioners, but to help practitioners understand how to make changes that are going to meaningfully impact patient outcomes. And, and that's sort of the evolution of education. But I think more than that, what we're seeing is the transformation of the educators themselves. Uh, educators in the continuing education arena in the future, I think, are going to have to have a much better understanding of systems and how health care is delivered. Uh, they're going to have to have a much better understanding of the underlying data and metrics that are starting to drive health care, and they're going to have to develop education that primarily embraces both the concepts of team science and implementation science, two things that have been relatively new on the healthcare and healthcare education scene. Um, but these are important uh, aspects of being able to make the changes and make them persevere over time in, in changing environments. That makes total sense, and certainly the team science and the team approach to patient management applies, of course, to, to all areas, but in your particular domain, family medicine, it seems like that would be critical, given the breadth of what family medicine encompasses. 
Jack, the Alliance for Continuing Education in the Health Professions, or as some people call it, the Alliance, I know you're heavily involved with them on an executive level. Tell us about their role in establishing QI as mainstream in education and certainly in establishing competencies for educators. The, the one thing that I would like to emphasize is, you know, where are we going to help the, the, the current and future providers of continuing education? How are we creating an environment in which they can uh, meaningfully contribute to health care? Uh, I think that the, the need for uh, broader skill set uh, and the, the need to uh, better understand where healthcare is going and how education fits into that, I think is a unique role for the alliance to play. And the QIE, the Quality Improvement Education Initiative, a major component of that is to uh, concretely identify the competencies that educators uh, need currently and will need in the future, and then provide a clear path by which um, that our members and uh, professionals in this area can uh, gain the skills and competencies and maintain them over time. Uh, I think that uh, a lot of people that have been occupied in the more traditional continuing medical education offices in various institutions or uh, private companies or industry, I think they have found that healthcare has been changing so quickly and the, uh, the quality initiatives, the QI initiatives, have really moved the bar or moved the focus of education that they're really finding themselves uh, sort of on the outside looking in. And I think our role is to help them uh, recognize the new role and the new position that they're going to be playing in the future. But certainly education is going to be a critical component of where healthcare and particularly where QI is going. Jack, thanks for being here and helping us understand more. Well, my pleasure. I hope it was helpful. You've been listening to Lifelong Learning on ReachMD. I'm your host, Alicia Sutton, and I want to thank our guest, Dr. Jack Keyes, for his insights on lifelong learning, continuous professional development, and quality improvement. To access this and other interviews in the Lifelong Learning series, please visit ReachMD.com or download the podcast on your ReachMD mobile app. Thanks for listening.